For Beyond Profit, a podcast of the ANA Center for Brand Purpose, I'm Ken Beaulieu. Cancer care has come a long way in the past several decades. New drugs, therapies, and clinical trials, along with improved prevention, detection, and treatment options, are giving hope to cancer patients worldwide. For 75 years, the Boston-based Dana-Farber Cancer Institute has been at the forefront of cancer research and life-saving treatments. Of the 75 cancer drugs recently approved by the FDA for use in cancer patients, 35 were developed by researchers at Dana-Farber. While the organization supports more than 640,000 annual outpatient visits and has over 1,100 open clinical trials, Dana-Farber seeks to create greater awareness of the brand and its global impact outside New England. That tall order is being led by its Vice President of Marketing, Donna Lee Ubertali, one of the top hospital marketers in the country. She is responsible for developing programs that deliver both short and long-term impact in clinical volume. Donna Lee joins me to discuss Dana-Farber's latest national campaigns, the importance of brand value, how the organization supports local communities, and more. Donna Lee, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ken. It's great to be here. Nice to see you. You too. So I'd like to give you an opportunity, Donna Lee, to talk more about your mission and how you're building awareness for the Dana-Farber brand. So our mission is really straightforward. It's really simple. It's reducing the burden of cancer. And I love that because it's uh, it's so broad and so specific at the same time. It's really about everything, describes everything that we do. So Dana-Farber is equally involved in clinical treatment and care and research. So we like to say there's a balance, like a 50-50 balance. So a lot of our clinicians are researchers, a lot of our researchers are clinicians. And so there's a lot of back and forth. And that's why we have a number of clinical trials that we do is because we are advancing the field of cancer. So you are uh, humanizing your campaign um, through these great stories. And I'm hoping you can talk a little bit about the importance of that. So, you know, we do two different things. We have a reputation campaign that's really a national campaign. And then we have a local campaign in New England that's a patient that's really geared toward patients and potential patients um, understanding who we are. And always it's about, uh, we use patient success stories to humanize Dana-Farber. So Dana-Farber is an institute that does research that can seem a sort of distant for some people. And so, uh, but there's a lot of really important success stories happening at Dana-Farber and people's lives are really impacted by the work that we do. And so we use those to amplify our brand, if you will. People feel patients and their families or and their caregivers feel very passionate about their experience at Dana-Farber and want to be able to tell their stories and to share with others what's happening and how they could potentially benefit from what's going on at Dana-Farber. It's also proof, they're the proof, uh, the patient stories. So you can have lab results, um, you can have be published in, you know, leading uh, publications mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, speak on the national stage. But the thing that everybody across the board, whether it's patients, potential patients, consumers, or other oncologists or researchers or other more business type players on a national stage, they want to know, well, that's great. You're doing this research, but what is it? What does it look like? How is it being successful? And those patient stories, telling their stories in their own words, is really um, the proof 
Are you using primarily video to tell those stories? It's really, we like to start with the uh, the idea, the story, and then formatted for different channels. Mm-hmm. So video obviously is, is very compelling to see somebody. Um, so to tell their story and you really get that human, that eye contact right. when you have video and um, you see the person and you see maybe some of their family members or some of their uh, support system, that kind of thing. And I think that there's a real visceral emotional connection that can happen in video. So we do use video a lot, but we also do tell narrative stories and use photography and you know other means, you know, long mm-hmm. form, short form, depending on what the channel sure. is that we're pushing out the uh, stories for. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Data Data Fiber is placing a huge effort on DEI, and is that reflected in your campaign as well? Yeah, absolutely. D- DEI, we call it IDNE. I know that it's uh, you know always said some different ways in different places. Sure. But IDNE for us is a is a very important priority, and we've put a lot of resource as an institution against uh, solving uh, some of the really important issues. And in our campaigns, we always, in any of our patient stories, for instance, we always look to uh, present a diverse body of people um, so that people who are watching or hearing our stories see themselves and see that Dana-Farber is a place where they might receive care or a family member uh, or somebody that they're close with Mm -hmm. might receive care. We always use real patients and we tell real stories. We don't do actor portrayals. And it's, um, you know, it's a considerable amount of work, as I'm sure people would really understand, to make sure that we're telling the important stories and showing a diversity of people uh, telling those stories. I'm curious, before you launched uh, your campaign or campaigns, did you reach out to employees for input? And how were you sort of rallying employees around your campaigns? So we do a few different things with employees and also with our faculty. So we do a lot of discussion with the researchers, people who are involved in the research side of things about for the national campaign in particular, where we're talking about our discoveries and really to understand what are the most important discoveries? What are the most current discoveries? We know that people who are listening to the type of messaging or who are in our target audience want to know not what happened 10 years ago. They want to know what's happening right now. They want to see success. We know that they like to hear multiple stories. One story is not enough. That feels like a one-trip pony to people. And we know when we talk about these multiples that people, it really changes people's perception of Dana-Farber. They think that it's small. And then all of a sudden, when they hear about all the different layers, they think, wow, this is a place that can really make a lot of impact. So we do talk to researchers quite a bit to understand their research. We use our employees to help us understand the science behind the story. So we're telling that accurately. Mm -hmm. We engage employees all across the Institute to help us identify patients who might be willing to tell their stories. And we, when we are developing our creative, we also do share it across um, and we get some input uh, from people about how they feel about it. And I always think that one of the greatest measures in an industry like healthcare is, mm-hmm. and especially in hospitals, is when the physicians send you notes and say, you know what, this is spot on because they're the most critical. Sure. Um, I think they're the most, they're the first ones to tell you you got it wrong. And when they tell you you got it right, you know, you're really on the right track. And we've mm-hmm. had that fortunate success with this campaign. Boy, that's terrific. Congratulations. Thank you. 
So one of the hallmarks of your campaign is the use of influencers. Is that a relatively new tactic for Dana-Farber? And how's that going so far? So yeah, influencers, it's a funny, it's a funny, it's not a media term per se that we would use sort of in the broader world of advertising and marketing. Mm -hmm. And so it's something that was given to me as a target when I arrived at Dana-Farber about three years ago. And it's really a PR target. And so to understand who these people are, there was some research that had been done, a really good piece of research that identified these people as uh, national oncologists, other researchers at other institutions, potential staff and faculty, people who write grants, people in industry who might want to partner with us, all these kinds of partnerships and so forth. And it came under this category of influencers. And so we did have to do a lot of work to understand who are these people and how can we reach them in media? And so we had to translate that into a media target because obviously you can't get Simmons research on, you know, or MRI research uh, on uh, influencers per Mm -hmm. se. And so we do quantitative studies to see what our impact is, but what's really most interesting to me is the qualitative research that we do because it's hard to get a quant study with these influencers, you know, there aren't tons of them. So, Mm -hmm. um, we do this uh, qualitative research periodically and have the one-to-one discussions and see how things are shifting and what they're hearing and so forth. And that's really the most insightful, I think, for us and understanding influencers and what's important to them and what they're hearing or or understanding about Dana-Farber. Can I ask what the qualitative research is telling you at this point? Yeah, it's telling us that that they're surprised that an institution, they've always thought of Dana-Farber as prestigious. So when we say, well, who are the top cancer centers in the country? They'll say Memorial Sloan Kettering and MD Anderson, Mayo. And we say, well, what about Dana-Farber? And they say, oh my God, yes, of course, Dana-Farber. So we're not top of mind. And then when we say, well, what do you know about Dana-Farber? They say, well, Dana-Farber is very prestigious. Okay, great. Well, do you know anything specific about Dana-Farber? No, not really. They're in Boston. So, oh, maybe there's, you know, associated with Harvard, something like that. Right. So when we then expose concepts to them of these discover, of the discovery that's happening and the basic science, and then the, the discovery, the use, the um, using clinical trials and all this, and we start to layer on how things evolve. So there may be a basic science uh, like Dr. Kalen's uh, research. He won the Nobel prize a couple of years ago, and he learned how uh, how cells respond to oxygen. So that's basic science. Then he turned that turned into use in not only in cancer, but now because of his evolving research. So it's this layered effect, if you will, and now impacts different types of cancer, anemia, macular degeneration, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So because of this basic science. And so the influencers like to hear that layered story and that the research continues. So we learn one thing and then we continue and we add to it and are in constant pursuit of broadening the uh, focus, if you will, mm-hmm. and the impact. Hello, Beyond Profit listener. If your business is finding it challenging to define its purpose, I encourage you to download Discovering Brand Purpose, a complimentary playbook from the ANA Center for Brand Purpose. This robust playbook provides valuable advice from purpose experts on how to uncover the why of your business and ensure it's authentic and sustainable. You can download the playbook at ana.net slash brand purpose. That's ana.net slash brand purpose. Now, back to the show.
You had mentioned to me, Donna Lee, that Dana-Farber is a complex organization. How do you minimize that complexity in an engaging way through your campaign? It is a complex organization. We do this care, we research clinical trials. We have all these influencers, these different targets. We're also talking to patients in New England. And so it's really about understanding brand. I think one of the great things that happened uh, at Dana-Farber just as I was coming in was we changed the logo and the logo became is this blue and orange and you know, et cetera, but it gave us an opportunity to talk to people in the Institute about what a brand is and what our brand is all about. Mm -hmm. And you get a lot of head nods from people and they understand that, oh yes, I see everything that I do. It doesn't matter where you are in the institution, everything that I do ladders up and gives credibility to Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. It's not about your lab as being a brand and so forth. And so I think that's Staying on brand message is what really helps to reduce the complexity. So we do have a lot of partnerships and that adds to the, sometimes to the confusion or the complexity. And so I think just being clear about the Dana-Farber brand is what helps to to clear the air, if you will. Do you believe that nonprofits lose sight of brand and its value and strength to the world? I hope not. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really important. I think that you know, some of the most successful campaigns build brand and people can point to that brand. I think it's really important to be able to point to partners in health or whatever the, um, you know, in our case, we have the Jimmy Fund, to be able to point to these brands, uh, these nonprofit brands and understand what their mission is, who they're serving and Mm -hmm. whether or not it relates to you or how you could get involved. I mean, it's really simple. I think that you, it's about getting awareness and capturing attention right up front. And I think brand plays a really important role in doing that. You mentioned the Jimmy Fund, Donnelly. I'd like you to talk a little little more about that and how it supports the mission of Dana-Farber. So the Jimmy Fund is our philanthropy arm of Dana-Farber. And it was started in 1948. And there was a young boy named Jimmy. His real name wasn't Jimmy, but he represented a the success and progress with childhood leukemia um, that was being addressed at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute back then. And it became the Jimmy Fund. And they've been the supporting, the financial support for all of the research on the pediatric and the adult side at Dana-Farber ever since. And so they're very, very important underpinning of the work that's done at Dana-Farber. They're the engine uh, the financial engine behind the research that takes place. And so they're, they enable all of this uh, wonderful discovery that's happening. Do you, do you believe the Jimmy Fund has sort of galvanized, especially local communities around Dana-Farber? Oh my gosh, anyone, you know, and we both grew up in Massachusetts. And so we remember giving to when you're in elementary school and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. People have a lot of emotion for the Jimmy Fund and it's another, the Jimmy Fund is a brand as well. It's, you know, it's related to the Dana-Farber. And so with this, with this new logo, new mark transformation that we went through a couple of years ago, the Jimmy Fund also updated their logo and it's much more similar. And they, they use it in promotion locked to the Dana-Farber logo in, uh, in their promotion so that that, so it's very clear what the Jimmy Fund is doing, that they're supporting Mm -hmm. Dana-Farber. And I think that that has helped strengthen their brand as well and make that connection for, you know, future younger generations who are just learning about the Jimmy Fund. Sure. 
Uh, Dana Farber does lots of great work in the local community. I'm uh, kind of hoping that you can talk about perhaps some other efforts um, that that you partake in. Sure, absolutely. So, um, you know, we we are very involved in the community. The community is very involved with us. So sure. um, we have, you know, a couple of different vans that go around um, to uh, different communities in the Boston area, mammography van and uh, et cetera. The Red Sox are great big supporters of, of what we do. And so there's a lot of community effort through the Jimmy Fund with what they're doing, with going out into the community and involving the community. A lot of screenings. We do work with some um, healthcare clinics around the Boston area. And through our ID efforts, which I mentioned before, we really have an effort on a, a very strong, important and focused effort on increasing, evaluating, and then increasing service to areas that may not feel that Dana-Farber is for them. We want to just make sure that we erase that because it is, but they may not think that it is at this, you know, at this point. And so we're doing a lot of work in that area as well to make sure that we're telling an inclusive story that is uh, that Dana-Farber is the research that we're doing and so forth is special and it's unique and so forth, but it's, but the product of what Dana-Farber is doing is for everyone, Mm -hmm. anyone who is touched by the burden of cancer. And just to bring things full circle, Donna Lee, I just want to end, um, I believe your national campaign has been in the market for about a year now. Is that correct? Somewhere around there? A couple of years. A couple mm-hmm. of years now. Uh, in light of the challenges that, you know, that we're facing uh, in the world today, has that impacted the campaign at all? Or do you feel like, um, you know, it's been, it's been as, as successful as you expected? Uh, I think it really, it really resonates with people from everything that we see in our research and, I don't think it's impacted. I think cancer mm-hmm. is cancer disrespects anything else that's going on in society, right? It still exists. I think one of the big one of the things that we did encounter over the past couple of years through the pandemic was people being reluctant to for to come in for screenings and that sort of thing. And so there's very big concern and there's research out about it now about you know people being diagnosed at later stages. And so there's still a lot of effort in messaging to people about the importance of getting screening and going to their physician and so forth. So that's an mm-hmm. impact, an important impact from the past couple of years uh, that we that we take really seriously. Well, you do such important work, Donna Lee. I want to thank you for, for everything that you do. Greatly appreciate it. And thank you for joining me in the podcast today. Absolutely. It was a pleasure talking to you. To learn more about the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute or to make a donation, please visit DanaFarber.org. That's Dana-Farber.org. And if you would like to recommend a topic or a speaker for this podcast, please email me at brandpurpose at ana.net. Until next time, thanks for listening.